Hey everyone, welcome to the Coastal Podcast. I'm Pastor Lucas Granger and want to say thank you for listening in. May this podcast bring some light to your world today. Enjoy grace and peace. Amen, amen. Good morning, y'all. situated here. All right, so I just want to welcome everybody. Um, if you're new to Coastal, if this is your first time, uh, I just want to say that we're really excited to have you here. Um, I'm going to tell you all something, and when I do, I know that everybody here who has been coming to Coastal for any amount of time is going to agree with that, and it's that God is doing something special here at Coastal. And I'm just, yeah, the the leaders here are just all about some Jesus, and the members here are just all about some Jesus, and I'm just, I'm thankful to be a part of it and really excited to, to have you join us um, here this morning. So my name is Billy, and I'm a member here at Coastal. Um, I am the leader of the Usher team. Um, I also lead a men's group of about 20 guys. Um, about three years ago, I came up here and gave my testimony during our Christmas service. Um, this is actually my second time up here preaching, and like Pastor Lucas was saying, I'm actually a second-year intern under Pastor Lucas Granger himself, uh, so y'all just pray for me. <laughs> so all these things, so why am I telling you all these things, these things that I'm doing uh, within the church for the kingdom of God, um, if you haven't thought it already, it's probably pretty easy to think that, man, he, he might be a little boastful right now. Um, and if that's what you're thinking, it's 100% true. Um, in the Bible, we have two letters that Paul wrote to the Corinthians, and in both of them, Paul reminds us of what the scriptures say about boasting. And they say, if you're going to boast, boast only in the Lord. And that is why I am telling you all this. You see, five years ago, I would have mocked every set of ears listening to me right now. If you believed in the invisible man, you would have been my prey. So I would have mocked you, I would have made fun of you, probably not to your face, but I would have already had hate in my heart for you just because you believed in him. So before we get into the message and the word for today, I just wanted to, to boast in him. And the reason is because I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to say yes to God. I want to encourage you to, to step out, step up, step wherever for him. You see, me being up here is literally like Pastor Lucas coming up to any member of the church and saying, all right, you got two months, and you're going to be preaching in front of everybody. <laughs> Think about how terrifying that is, <laughs> especially if you're an introvert like me. Now, there's a whole thing where this is something that I've been called by God to do, but here's the thing that the enemy actually loves about that. He loves when we're called by God to do something, and that's that the fact that this is a perfect opportunity for him to step in and say, wow, Billy, are you sure? Are you sure about that? Did God call you to do that? Man, I don't know. You're, not, you're nowhere near equipped or empowered to do that. You know what? That would probably be pretty true if there was one thing that I wasn't equipped with, and that's faith. Faith that says, I know and trust that God is going to do his work through me. What he has called me to do, he's going to equip and empower me to do his will through me. So when you're going to step out for God, expect that the enemy is going to attack. Expect there to be fear and doubt, but put your faith in him. 
if God can take someone like me from mocking his name to preaching and teaching his word in five years, what could he do with you? What limits would you place on God if you just said yes to him? So that's my little soapbox session of of encouragement to just say yes to God. All right, so uh, we're going to get into the word. Um, If you want to turn in your Bibles, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2. And today we're going to be talking about salvation. Now, saying that, I probably just made Pastor Lucas a little nervous. See, we're in this uh, series of core doctrine, and this week I was given the topic of grace. So why are we going to be talking about grace when we're supposed to be talking about salvation? And the reason is sola gratia, grace alone. That is how we are saved, by grace alone. So there is no greater representation of grace than that of the salvation of mankind. The salvation of a creation who has, from the beginning of human history, lived against its creator. That has continually, for generations and generations, chosen our ways over his ways. That has chosen the things of this world, his creation, over the creator himself. So let's turn our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 1. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he has risen us for the dead, from the dead, along with Christ, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day, Lord. Uh, God, I just, I thank you for your word this morning, Lord. I thank you that it is alive and it is moving, Lord. I just pray for, for your message today, God, that, um, that we just receive it, Lord. Just pray for anybody who doesn't know you today, God, that this be the day of their salvation, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So verse 1 through 3, uh, here Paul is reminding us of where 
we came from, our sinful past. And notice how he addresses our sinful ways in the past tense. We were dead. We used to live in sin. All of us used to live that way. See, when you give your life to Christ, your sinful ways become past tense. You die to your sin, and you are no longer a slave. So I wanted to share a story with y'all this morning. Um, This story was used in a different context, but um, the point of the story had me thinking about how it relates to God's grace in our lives. So there was this kid who wanted to follow Jesus, uh, but the thing is that he liked to party. So he goes up to his pastor and he says, Pastor, you know, I want to follow Jesus, so I'm guessing that I have to give up this partying, right? And the pastor says, no. Kid's like, Pastor, I, I, don't, th- I don't think you understand. Um, I'm not talking about like partying like balloon animals and birthday cake. I'm talking about like partying, partying. So if I want to follow Jesus, I have to give that up, right? The pastor says, no. So the kid's getting a little frustrated at this point. He said, Pastor, whenever I party, I do things that I'm not supposed to do. Some of the things I do are against the law. I hide all of this stuff from my parents. And you're telling me that I don't have to give this up if I want to follow Jesus? So the pastor finally tells him that when you decide to follow Christ, your sinful ways become past tense. All of this partying and all the things that you do, you will no longer need nor want it. You die to your sin. See, the kid had it a little mixed up. He had it a little backwards. But here's the thing. If we're not careful, we can do the same exact thing whenever it comes to the grace of God in our lives. So let's say that the kid decides to follow Christ. Um, He repents of his sin. He dies to it. He's no longer a slave. And then one day, one day he runs into some of his old buddies, and he doesn't want to be rude, so he, he engages Uh, Long story short, he messes up. And we've been there before, right? It might might not be partying or or doing drugs, um, but we all have that thing that we've we've given to God. It could be gossip, it could be unforgiveness, lying, cheating, whatever it is, but we give it to God and we mess up. So the kid wakes up the next morning, and he knows that he messed up. He says, you know what? I may have messed up, but it's all right. Because God, in his grace, will forgive me. You know, I may have had a little bit of road rage. I may have said something that I shouldn't have said. But God's grace. You know, I may have lied again. But God's grace. You know, I know I said that I would never look at that website again. But God's grace. He'll forgive me. You know, this is absolutely true, but this is not the heart of repentance. You see, there's a difference between I have God's grace to cover my sin and no, I need the grace of God to save me from my sin. Romans chapter 5 verse 20 says this, but as the people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. And this is uh, the apostle Paul And he already knows where our thought is going to go. So in chapter 6, verse 1, he says this, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? 
little bit further down in uh, chapter 6, verse 20 to 21, it says, When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things that you used to do. I heard a devotional the other day that put it this way, having a broken heart of conviction because of our sin. See, just because I am saved by God's grace does not mean that I'm entitled to his grace. God's grace doesn't change. It is still free, but it is also still undeserving. So back to our text in verse 5, it says, It is only by grace, by God's grace, that you are saved. So there's something that I notice about the word grace that um, other words are often used alongside grace. Grace and peace, grace and kindness, grace and mercy. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, we say it all the time as Christians. Um, we hear it every week at Coastal, grace and peace. Uh, we see it all throughout the Bible. So it had me thinking, if it, we are only say, or we say by God's grace alone, then why is it that grace is always or often alongside another word? And what I found was is it's not that the other word is paired with grace. It's that, that that grace is paired with that other word. And this makes sense because whenever it comes to our relationship with God, it's hard to understand the reasoning behind that. Why does God show us mercy at all? Why does he have kindness? Why do we get to experience the peace of Christ. And let's be honest, you have never experienced true peace unless you've experienced God's grace. So there is not a single part of our walk with Christ that does not display the grace of God. It's funny, the other day I was uh, headed back from the men's conference, and uh, one of my buddies, Don, he asked me about the, uh, the sermon today, about preparing for it. And uh, he said, so have you chosen a topic? I said, well, I was actually given a topic. (laughs) And uh, Don's preached before, so he kind of knows what goes into preparing uh, a sermon. So he's like, man, that's uh, that's pretty nice because it kind of narrows it down for you. I was like, yeah, I guess. He said, so what's what's the topic? Uh, You know, this little thing known as the grace of God. He's like, yeah, that doesn't narrow it down at all. Like, good luck fitting that into a 30-minute sermon, because it is all grace. All right, so now we're going to look at verse 7. All right. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us. So we are saved by God's grace to be examples of God's grace. So what does that mean? That means that God chose Billy, this foul-mouthed, disobedient, self-proclaimed atheist who mocked the creator of the universe and anyone who believed in him, and he took out my heart of stone and put in me a new heart. And he did this so that I can have peace and understanding. He did this just so that I can have eternal life. Now, he did this in me so that I can be an example of his grace for future ages as well. It is all for the glory of God. 
the peace and the understanding, the gift of eternal life, these are things that I get to experience because of God's grace so that I can be an example of his grace. Now, grace, by definition, is a free and unmerited favor towards sinful humanity. Unmerited meaning undeserved. And sometimes we feel that, right? Sometimes we have that feeling of just not being worthy of his grace, not being worthy of forgiveness. But the thing that we have to realize is that our forgiveness isn't just for us. See, if the forgiveness that I receive from God is just for me, then it dies with me. So the reason why I wanted to highlight this is because it helps us to understand and deal with that overwhelming feeling that says I'm not worthy of forgiveness and I never could be um, because it's hard to accept that gift from God if we feel like we don't deserve it. And there's a little secret is that we don't deserve it. But if we accept this gift, and I'm talking to a person who, who is hurting right now, so I'm talking to a person who, who did mess up, um, who has that broken heart of conviction and doesn't feel worthy. If you accept this gift of God, not only will you be forgiven, but you'll also be able to be used by God as an example of his incredible wealth of grace and kindness. You see, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 is just a great snapshot of start to finish. All of us use All of us were dead because of our sin. But God, rich in mercy, gave us life. When he raised Christ from the dead, it is only by God's grace that he did so. God saved you by his grace when you believed, so that he can point to you in future generations as examples of his grace. I want to share a, a letter with y'all. Um, I'm not going to say who the letter was written to. I'm just going to say, Dear Recipient. So, the letter goes like this. Dear Recipient of this letter, I just wanted to invite you to my church, Coastal Church. Because you have a chance to receive eternal life of eternal death. Eternal death means you get hurt in no light. But eternal life means a life with God, a good life. If you could choose eternal life or eternal death, to my opinion, I chose eternal life. Come to Coastal Church and give your life to God. But only you make your decisions, so choose it wisely. So this letter was actually written by somebody here at Coastal. Um, it is, in fact, it was my oldest daughter, Abigail. Um, Abigail got home from softball practice one day, and she went straight to her room, and she wrote this letter. And she wrote it to one of her teachers. And the reason is because her teacher had said something along the lines of she doesn't believe. So the reason why I wanted to share this with you is Three reasons, really. Um, The first reason is just because I'm a proud daddy, right? My baby's out there trying to save souls, proclaim the gospel. (laughs) 
So another reason is to show God's grace extended through another generation. Um, This excited me because I could see how what God is doing in me is not going to just die with me. I get to be an example of his grace for future generations. Had I continued to ignore the call of God, my children would not be able to look at me as an example. And the last reason is to highlight the two choices that we have, eternal life or eternal death. It is that simple. And Abigail put it perfectly. But only you make your decisions, so choose it wisely. Verse 8 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. Salvation is a gift from God. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. So if you have never taken that step, I'm going to invite you to take that step today. If you have never given your life to Christ. Could y'all go ahead and stand? So what I want to do, I want to just ask if everybody will bow their heads, close their eyes, and I do want to extend that invitation. If, if God has spoke to you today and you have not given your life to Christ and you would like to take that step, I'm just going to ask that you, you raise your hand. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. Is there anyone here today? just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in prayer asking for the forgiveness of my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and my personal Lord and Savior. So Lord, I repent of my sin. I invite you into my life into my heart. Jesus, I am yours and you are mine. Lord, I thank you that I am born again and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Let's worship together. Well, we hope this podcast has blessed you. In case you didn't know, we are in the middle of renovating a brand new facility right here in Brunswick County, North Carolina. So listen, two things. Please take a moment and pray for us. Also, if you'd like to give to the ministry, sign on to the website at mycoastalchurch.com giving. Hey, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Grace and peace.